0: to me. Oh, hallelujah. Because of Jesus, let us now boldly come to the throne of grace. Father, we thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And Father, at this time, we pray to hear a word from you, God, that we draw closer to you and truly let Jesus reign in our hearts and our lives, that we can restore broken relationships and have healing in our own relationship with you, God. Please have your way. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Starting off this series, dealing with the theme for this year, building better relationships. And to building better relationships, we're going to begin with some building blocks. And in these building blocks, we're going to first deal with relationship one-on-one, going back to the basics. And the key thing that most relationships you want to have is love. Don't you want somebody to love you when they say they have a relationship with you? If someone's your friend, you like to hear those words, love. Isn't it nice how uh, you see that commercials or TV shows, how they won't hang up. One person's on the phone all the time, the Male. Say that she loved me with his friends. Hesitate to say that word. Don't want to be soft in front of his male friends. Say, wish. <laughs> I can't hear you. I can't hear you, right? Trying to make you say it louder. Because everybody wants to hear. If, you, if you're in a relationship with me, you care about me, then say that you love me. Yeah. And so we're going to look at love and realize that love is not simplistic. It's not something simple. It's, it's so bigger and like a kaleidoscope. there's so much a part of love. That love is, so much, is, is best way I can describe it to you, it, is like a prism. You want to use love like a prism. When you put a prism to light, light all by itself, you see it, it looks just like a light bulb, it looks white. But when the light is refracted, what it means is that to be bended within the prism, you see different colors. And all of those different colors make up that light. And so that light holds all of the colors that you see in the rainbow. It has the red, it has the yellow, it has the orange, it has the green, it has the blue, it has the, the violet. And of course you know that when you get your crayons, how you can get that 64 count of crayons. How you have all those different colors in there. And, and, and when I was a kid, I was a big box. So if you had 64 crayons, or you was a man, or you was a girl, everybody sat next to you to color. Because you had all those different colors. But yet, if you look at it, all of these colors come from light. And it's refraction. And so what is pointed out to me, that light in itself has different characteristics. And same thing with love. Love is not just a warm and fuzzy feeling, but there's different actions or attributes that's a part of love. And the best way to describe love was described in the New Testament when the writer wrote that God is love. It does not say that love is God, but it says that God is love. Love would suggest that God defines what truly what love is. And so my, 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 my attempt today is trying to inform us and to encourage us that if God is love, then we should be loving the God way. Amen. Not the world way. Yeah. The world way of love, you be nice to me, I'll be nice to you. You don't, you share with me what I will share with you. But if you're not nice to me, if you do not share with me, then I won't be nice to you and nor will I share with you. You talk about me, what? I'll talk about you. But love will forbear much, forgive much, endure much. Did we not read that earlier in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, how love will never fail? So we want to test our love to God's love. And the best way to do so is hear God speak himself. And God spoke to Moses in Exodus 34th chapter. If you can turn your Bibles there. God calls Moses. And as you're turning there, I I want you to catch this, that God is calling Moses to come back up to the mountaintop. Because when Moses was up there earlier, God gave Moses the tablets that had his Ten Commandments on there. That were written by the finger of God. And yet, what happened while Moses was up there for some 40 days and some 40 nights, the people got worried. They got scared and talked Aaron to making an idol god. And, and Aaron making this idol god, and Moses coming down from the mountain and sees this, throws down the tablets that God's given him. So now Moses has to go back up there one more time. But yet, look how God deals with him. In Exodus, the 34th chapter, is everybody there? Say amen. If you're still traveling, say hold on. Hold on. I'll hold on because I want us to get there together. In Exodus in the Old Testament, 34 chapter, we have God speaking to Moses. And this is a very beautiful, uh, I-, I want you to grab just this kind of relationship that God is talking audibly to Moses. Everybody with me? Amen. Not they say hold on. Let's go. Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. (laughs) Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or the herds graze near the mountain." So Moses shielded out the two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hand. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord. The God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. I want to draw our attention back to verses 6 and 7. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion, And mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. This is God introducing himself to Moses. He says, Moses, let's get some things established. I want you to know who I am. First and foremost, I am Yahweh. I am self-existent. I am all being. I am the Lord. I am supreme. I am God all by myself. And the first thing he says is that I am compassionate and merciful. And, and I want you to grab this here because God was about to destroy the people. But Moses prayed to them said, Lord, because of your compassion and your mercy, do not kill them. And God says, look here, Moses, I'm talking now. You be quiet. Listen to me. I'm standing here. Yahweh, the Lord, I am compassionate and mercy. And then he says, he qualifies, I am what? Slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand Generations Testing love Think about your love For who you love the most Does it pass this test Are you slow to anger <laughs> Come on somebody Is anybody in the house I, 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 I love my siblings And they love me But I remember when we was kids in the car Right We'd be all in the back seat Okay in the back seat Four of us Spread out In the back seat of a car. Car not that big, is it? Know what I hear? Stop touching me. I love you, but I can't put up with you touching me. (laughs) We love each other, but we're not always slow to anger. And and my mom knew my temper so much so that I remember one time I love Transformers. And I had one Transformer I got for Christmas. And I played with this all the time. When I came home from somewhere, I don't know where, It's the summertime, as I saw a plane, came back home, my mom cut me off at the door. She said, Sam, your toy's broken. And I knew it broke. It. <laughs> and my mama knew I knew, too. And she, you know, that boy, if he get near that person, that person's going to get beat up. So I, she knew I wasn't slow to aim. <laughs> and so she had a calm and temper of me. And slow me down. The thing is, is that God is showing us how to love somebody. It's, it's, it's easy to love those who are always nice to you, who do the right things, say the things that you want to hear said, gives you the things that you want. But are you able to love somebody who get on your last nerve, who are stiff-necked? God loved his people. And he says, I know this generation is stiff-necked, modern-day, hard-headed, dense, slow to understand. Or sometimes we just go real with it and say, you just ignorant. <laughs> but can we love those ignorant folk? Can we still be patient with them and work with them? That that that's the testament here because God is is telling Moses, I'm about to give you these commandments. I want you to understand what love is. We read First Corinthians 13 all the time when we're in a relationship, at weddings, or to a friend, or we quote it in our own poems and our songs when we love somebody. But oftentimes we're reflecting that I want you to love me this way. We want to we want to push it on somebody else. You're supposed to love me this way. You're supposed to be Patient with me, enduring with me. But too many times we need to make sure that am I being patient? And am I being enduring? And now I gotta qualify this because first and foremost, God commands us to love him. Do you understand what that means? He commands us to love him. That blows my mind. That God knows that I don't have enough sense on my own to love him, so he tells me, You need to love me. Just like a little baby boy or a baby girl, you got to tell them what's hot and what's cold. Because without, as much as they know, they don't know everything, do they? And so they might burn themselves, thinking it's going to help them out. But yet, because you love them, you give them the commands so that they know how to be safe. God says, I, I know who you are. And first and foremost, I'm going to show you how to love and tell you to love me the same way. Jesus summarized what the greatest commandment with what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. We find that in Deuteronomy sixth chapter, when God is telling that to Moses, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. We see that repeated over and over again in different passages of how to love the Lord your God. It's a commandment to love the Lord your God with all your might, with all your strength. Obviously, if Jesus tells us that's the greatest commandment, there's something within there that makes qualifying love. So you see, love is not just a warm and fuzzy feeling. Because if it was just a warm and fuzzy feeling, everybody would be able to do it. But you know there's people on your job that don't love you. It's a sad state that we know that there's places we go when people really just don't care for us. But yet that is not an excuse for us to act the same way. Because God is telling, you, if you want to be holy as I am holy, if you want to be my children, I truly be your Father, then you must what? Love one another. And so we see here. First, God shows that love is compassion. Do you see that? It says His grace, His grace is able to hear the cries of the need. Isn't that awesome? How, how the best way I can describe love is the love of, 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 of a parent. As you can watch the, the, the Discovery Channel, National Geographic, right? See those animals, right? How a mother will fight for their children because they love them. Now, I'm using an animal that has no sense. They don't know, that'll jump off a cliff and it's going to save their life. But yet, they understand what it means to protect what comes from them. That went over somebody's head. Let me say it one more time. They know how to protect. What comes from them? Are we not to be the children of God? And God's trying to protect us by telling us how to love. But look here, God also willing to protect us where we can't protect ourselves. Because he's gracious. He hears a cry of our needs. Have you been there in a relationship, friendship, whatever situation you cry out to God, Lord, I need your help. Because you realize no one else can step in the gap. No one else can feel that void. No one else can be there. And you call on the God. And cast this, cast We call on God most of the time when we know we have not been obese. We know we act a fool. We know we've messed up. But we still call out on God. God, give me out of this mess one more time. Oh, I got somebody else with me. Some of y'all, it's only one time y'all make a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I, we be we, we having mistakes all the time, don't we? So, Lord, I, I did it again. Help me out. And I'm so thankful. That he's gracious, that he's able to hear my despair cry and able to help me out. And why is he able to do that? Because he's merciful. He's able to give me pity. And then catch this, he is slow to anger. Another writer says that, God, you don't stay angry forever. Isn't that awesome? Because I know some people that stay angry forever. And, 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 And those people, man, scare me. Not scare me as I fear for my lot, but it just hurts when you get around those kind of hateful, spiteful people, man. It just it it just crushes me on the inside because when you are when you try to love somebody and they spiteful towards you, woo! Those are the wounds that don't heal so quickly. I like it when you get mad and you hit me. I can get over that. Oh, you you sorry, I'm, I'm sorry for hitting you back. Okay, let's move on. But when they are spiteful to you. Talk about you behind your back. And you walk up to somebody and they tell you about what they say. Ooh, that hurts. I had friends back in school that I, I thought I was cool with, but they would dog me out to somebody else. And if somebody else told me to talk about them, I said, I won't talk about my friend. And they said, why? They talk about you. i thought, like, oh, that hurts. But yet we live in a world that you think you're loving somebody and that you expect them to show you that love back. But it may not always happen. But God still tells us to love. Are you testing your love? Love will build up others for love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag It is not arrogant. Love will build up those that need it most. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes the ones that you are, and 1 Corinthians 13, 4 tells us that love is patient, love is kind, and is, and is not jealous. Love does not brag, and it's not arrogant. Sometimes the people that need your love most are the ones that hate you the most. Because they're the ones that need to understand what love looks like. Think about it. Didn't you not need God when you messed up <laughs> and you needed his love most then? You don't know, when things are going good, right, you forget about God. Oh, but when sin hits you, like it should, and your heart is broken, your eyes are filled up with tears. People look at you different, because they know what you did. You don't look at yourself in the mirror anymore. Some people get so depressed, right, they don't, they don't get out their bed for a couple of days. They, they stay away from people that love them, because they're so insane. But that's when you need to love the most. Because that's how the enemy sneaks in when you feel lack of love, when you feel unappreciative, when you feel disrespected, then we go out looking for love in all the wrong places. And that's when we start going to those wrong places and doing those wrong things. Because we're looking for something to fill us up that only God can feel. We're looking for something to be healed that only God can heal. So when you are at that lowest point, There's only one person that can lift you up, and that is the Lord who's compassionate and merciful and slow to anger. And in this, slow to anger means this, that God is able to put up with your mess. Think about who you love. Think about maybe your roommate. it might be your college roommate, it might be your roommate living in the condo with you. might be your sibling, might be your spouse. Think about them. Can you put up with their mess?? <laughs> First day you might be all right with. It. So oh, okay, this is just today. All right, this is just today. Going to leave the tap off the toothpaste again. Going to drop the wet towel on the floor again. Going to play that music loud again. Going to come in late, leave the lights on again. Watch the TV to it's late hours again. That's all right. That's just the first day. Come the second day. Hope they get cast a hand quick. I put the cap back on. I turned the TV off when they was asleep. I, I picked up the wet towel. Hope the cat's on quick. Come the third day. Oh, it's on now. Why do you keep on dropping it down? You try to be nice, right? Why do you keep on doing this? Why do you keep on doing that? You, and here you go, okay, okay, I'm sorry. All right, all right. Come the fourth day. Why in the world, right? We start raising it up. <laughs> Come the fifth day, everybody fighting. now. Nah, you know, everybody in different corners. Because we live in a world that sometimes we got to realize that, Lord, help me to be slow to anger. Let me be patient with them. Let me realize that I don't always have it together. Because many times we pick on the one thing we're strong at, and we forget the things we're weak in. That's right. That's right. That's right. See, I, I know I'm a messy person. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to argue and debate with anybody. I'm just messy. You walk into my office, you're going to see papers, there, but I know where they are. But yet I'm strong in that I can get a job done. I won't leave it halfway. My mom knows better. She won't ask me to clean her house. Be ha- it won't be clean. But she needs something moved, saying, can you come move this? Oh, she not I can get that job done and do it right. Because she knows that I'm weak in this area, so she'll help me out in that area. she, she buy me containers and say, so I'll help you out in this area because she loves me. She sees where I'm weak in, so she's patient with that area. But where I'm strong in, I can help her out and so say, Sam, I, I got you. I got you, Mom. I'll lift this up. Why? Because why? She loves me, so she sees where I'm weak in, and she helps me out. I love her. I say, I can come over and help you out in this area. Isn't that the same thing I love to be? God, see, I see where you're weak in. I'll be slow in that area Come am going to help you out. I, I see you got problems in this area, so I'll be patient. I'll be gracious. You can look in the Bible see all kind of examples. Cain, what you doing? Evil's right there at the door trying to get you. Saul, watch out. Pay attention. David, don't get in there. Samson, you know better. We see it throughout the Bible. God warns, us, I'm patient with you. I see you going the wrong way. The children of Israel, y'all lost your mind. But yet, I won't cut you all off. I was about to start a new generation with, Mo, with, uh, with Moses. But Moses said, no, Lord, be patient with them. Aren't you so glad? They got to slow to anger. So in the same way, when you say you love somebody, you need to test your love. Will you love them when they get on your last nerves? Will you love them when they don't do anything you ask them to do? Will you love them when they keep on... Falling short in that weak area of their lives. Will you still love them? Will you build them up? Because First Corinthians tells us what? Love does not act un- un- unbecomingly. It it does not seek its own. It is not provoked. does not take into account a wrong suffering. It does not rejoice in unrighteous, but rejoices with the truth. As God said, I am slow to anger. And then He says, I am filled with unfailing love and favor. why? Because God's love is true. We hear love songs, right? I'll always be true. Meaning, I'll be faithful. I'll be committed to you. God's saying, I am committed to you. And, and I want you to cast this that God said, I am committed to you, knowing that you're going to act up. You know, you know how moms and, and, and dads here with the kids, right? They, and the parents are taking them to their place now. You no, know, it'd be like to the store, to the workplace, or to the mall, and says, now you better act right. You no, know, they take you to the playground, you can act a fool at the playground. But when you're with me, you better act right. Because why? I I'm taking you with me. I want you to represent me. But yet God is telling us that I will take you. No, you ain't gonna act right. No, you're about to act a fool. Up in here, you' about to lose your cool. Up in here, but yeah, I'll be with you. Cause some of us already know this. You be planning to do the wrong thing the next day. Y'all be planning ahead for our sins. I be planning ahead, and God, like, man, you know you're wrong. But I love you, and I want you to come back to me. Cause look here, what He says? What? I will lavishly love you. His love is abounding. His love is overwhelming and basically his love never runs out and his love never runs out. That's why he's able to forgive. Let's look at this prism now. Look at this love. Love breaks out, not just a warm and fuzzy feeling, but love says so I am compassionate. I am merciful. Love is slow to anger. And then also love is forgive. Now, I know a lot of us have a lot of problems with that. That's why next Sunday I'm going to deal with forgiveness a little bit more. <laughs> but forgiveness is a part of love. The problem with forgiving somebody is that they still owe you. You want them to pay you back. You want them to pay you back. You You broke my favorite toy. I'm looking at my mom, and she's looking at me, and she knows my toy broke He broke my favorite toy. Guess what? They didn't make that toy anymore. Nothing was going to replace that toy. Me punching him, me hitting him, me screaming, yelling, stomping up the stairs like I did, did not replace the toy. It was still in two pieces when I came back downstairs. <laughs> Nothing was going to replace it until I got in my heart to forgive him. The toy was not replaced, but my relationship was restored. Yeah. Same situation in our lives that we realize that when we don't forgive somebody, we all we do is break and hinder the relationship. It will stay broken until you forgive them. And you're always going to be old. But the problem is that you don't look at the debt sheet. You look at what should be on top of the debt sheet. Canceled. Look what God says, I will... I will forgive the iniquity, the rebellion, and the sin. The iniquity is, a, is a, a, an action that deserves punishment. Iniquity is an action that deserves punishment. God says, "I see you deserve punishment, but instead, I'm going to hug you." Let me let me let me graph this for you. Imagine you in your favorite clothes: your suit, your dress, your shirt, your jeans, whatever it is. And someone is all in mud, will you embrace them in your favorite clothes? Probably not. But let's let's hide the circumstances. You in your best clothes. You on your way to go somewhere, and the person you love most falls in a ditch. And they can't get out. You're going to get your clothes dirty now, won't you? To get them out. That's what God does for us. He loves us that much. He sees you in a place. He said, I don't care how dirty I got to get. I'm going to bring you back. Because how do we know this? Because what did Jesus do for us? He saw us in our worst condition. And says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus came and saw us in the deep ways of sin. But while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus saw the shameness of dying on a cross But he forboo our shame, the shame of the cross, for the joy of reconciliation. Jesus saw that we could not save ourselves. That's why he poured out his blood for the ransom of many. So you see how faithful God is. That from the beginning of time, he knew he would have to die to save us. He knew that we wouldn't get it right. But yet he said, I will send someone to save. God, who is the great and awesome judge, will judge sin. It says that guilty will not go unpunished. So it's time now for you to confess. It's time now for you to repent and restore your relationship back with God. And the beautiful thing is that he already knows what you have done, and he still loves you. It's amazing that God hates, this, hates sin but loves the sinner. And that, that's, that's, to me, just mind-boggling because we always hate the sinner. <laughs> You're a thief. I hate thieves. Right, right? Come on. Let's be real up in this place. Come on now. Once a murder, always a murder. I don't like murder. No, you, you should always you should be in jail for life, right? We, we get caught up on these things that seem so horrific that we don't want to forgive somebody and restore them. But God restored us. And so if love is being tested. then our test should have us passing, being slow to be angry. We should be able to forgive those who need to be forgiven. We need to be compassionate to those who need compassion. We need to be merciful to those who are in need of mercy. Because when it comes down, when you highlight what Jesus says, love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. And secondly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You can see why, when God commands us to love, you can see how the world we speak so much better. Because love is not because what you've done for me, I love you. But love is because God said so. I'm gonna try that one. Somebody else went over your head again. God said so. I know as a kid, I learned Jesus loves me. For this, I know for the Bible tells me so. And then we got other songs, I love Jesus and I'm in love with Jesus because he's in love with me. But yet I love Jesus because he tells me so. Because he already loved me. And and, and says, even if I was not in love with me, he still loved me. Isn't that something? Because we got those people that be falling in and out of love, right? I'm in love with you, but I'm not but I'm not in love with you. But when we are in love with Jesus he was already in love with you as many times we fall in and out because we fall in and out of love that's what's going to be the case then because if to command love if God commands us to love that means we're obedient that we fear him that we serve him so the times I do not serve him the times I do not forgive the times I am not compassionate I'm saying to God I do not love you I know that hurts y'all look at that that's not what that's not what the Bible says yes it does if you love him, obey his commands. So we need to truly test our love. We need to truly say, "Lord, how can I remove what's hindering me in my life?" Might be my TV, might be the internet, might be the websites, might be songs that I listen to. What do I need to remove so that my love is not hindered? Because we want to reconnect with God. We got to remove what's stopping us from having a good connection. So test your love today and see, God, do I pass the test? And where you're weak, guess what? God can make you strong. He can make you able to forgive. He can give you the, the endurance to be merciful and compassionate. And we are not lacking because once you call on Jesus, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads. God, we come to you right now just thanking you, Lord, for showing us what love truly is. That while we have been messed up, Father, when we have acted up, Father, when we have disobeyed, when we have rebelled you, when we were in deservement of punishment for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is salvation and mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, God. And Father, Lord, we come to you right now realizing realize there's none righteous before you, all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. But Father, we confess right now that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And we repent, Lord, of our sins, our transactions. And God, these habits that we have formed, that, Lord, that are against your will, we, we want to remove them, God. We realize, Lord, that you've commanded us, although so we need to make an attitude of change to no longer desire to please ourselves, but live a life that's pleasing to you. Father, work within our hearts as only you can. We surrender ourselves to you. Father, have your way. Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray right now that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, God, and they truly let You reign in their lives, and You will forgive them of all of their sins and cleanse them of all unrighteousness and restore them right back with You. We thank You for Your mercy. We thank You for Your faithfulness. We thank You for Your loving kindness, and we thank You, God, You're slow to anger. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. May we stand and we stand in the hand of discipleship. There's someone here who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior and today has confessed him as the Lord and Savior. They want to know more about this Jesus. We welcome you here in this place.